0: Everyone feels so far away. What's thing? Yeah. They're having yeah. their own little party. They're no, I'm staying. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, I'm fine. We could turn around just Yeah, that's a, Yeah, probably cool with that view, no, look it's all right. If if Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to talk today about Amago Day. I hit on it two weeks ago. Last week we were doing Clean Up Australia. I was going to say gardening. <laughs> Clean Up Australia, <laughs> sort of. Um, and I touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but um, we're going to do the full thing about Amago Day, what that means to us, what that means to us as people of justice. So... So let's have a bit of a flip back as a reminder. I talked about the image being something duplicate, duplicative, gee, that's rather difficult, duplicative in nature. So I put a picture up of Shane Warne's statue. So anyone can walk past that statue and see that with him not there and know it's him because it's. It looks just like him. That's what the image is talking about, that a likeness is not as precise. You, you might have a likeness like Zach might have a likeness to Trudy or John might have a likeness to um, Grant, but doesn't mean that they look the same. Whereas an image looks the same, you, you sort of go, I know who that is. So when we're talking about us being in the image of God, that's saying we should look like God. Amago day, the words mean, in the image of God. So, so we should look. We should be recognizable. That people like this statue of shame will say, oh, you look like God, or you look like how, like you have the characteristics of God. So. So we are made in his image and we bear the image of God. So we're meant to reflect that to others. So to understand that, we need to know what we are reflecting. We need to know what we're meant to look like. So um, I'm looking at these slides, trying to keep myself up with them. So there's so much to know about the character of God and it's, it would take years, and we still wouldn't get there. Like it's impossible to comprehend the fullness and the vastness of who God is. But we know that God exists of himself. He's not sustained by any outside force, He exists as he is. We know he can't die, we know he's incredibly good, that no bad thing is found in him, We know that he's sovereign, that he rules over everything. And we know that he has infinite wisdom that we can't even comprehend any of this. It's just too much for us to comprehend. And the more we read about God, it seems the more we realise that we don't know anything. Like it's just when I think I've got something nailed, it shifts, you know, like all my Christian life, I guess, I've discovered something about God, and as, as I discover that, I realize I don't know. I know less. The more I know, the the less I seem to to know. And I think it's um, if I think I can comprehend who he is, I probably am not doing a very good job. But if you were to ask and this is a question I'm going to get to get you to talk about in a minute. Let's put it up. How would you explain who God is to someone from a foreign culture? When I was in um, Perth speaking at a church, I did, you know, the upside down Jesus picture that I do. Yeah, I did that there. And so I'd done that and it was quite big and they took it home at the end of the day and they sat at... Um, against a table so it was leaning up there and this kid about six years old from next door came in to visit and he said what's that and they said oh it's Jesus the kid said it's Jesus like Mason was six so these kids were I don't know six seven nine whatever and they said it's Jesus and he said what's Jesus and they said You know Jesus and they started to talk about the Trinity and their dad said yeah well maybe don't go there so they tried to simplify it and they're saying here's here's the person that helps you out when things are really hard and he gives you everything you need and Mason said do you have his phone number (laughs) (laughs) which was such a funny response but he had no idea and listening to these kids try and explain that was quite a, a funny um, like thing to watch. It was just so so amusing to watch this kid who had no idea. Like even his question, what's Jesus? Like wasn't even, who is it? So a question here I've got for you to talk about and just a few minutes because I think you'll be hard to get back today because there's so few here, but um, just maybe Sammy could probably join up with that group or this group or something. <laughs> but Around the table, you just want to have a quick look at this. You're meant to be. (laughs) It's not working real well at this point, is it? (laughs) Come on, lock down the back. Or if Mason walked into the room and asked you that question, how would you explain that to him, a six-year-old kid? Yes. Well, well, choose the easiest one, so maybe an adult. Yeah, them, yeah, it does. Well, how about we just do it in this culture? It would be easy because you understand it, but someone who doesn't know. Well, I that situation. Someone, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on because I've got a little bit I want to talk about. So, our view of God will inform how we live. So, however we view God, we'll live that out, like our re- response to that. So, if we think that God's a father, we we might respond to that. But Sam, I heard you say, if you've got a bad experience of father um, or, or have only got a mother, it's pretty hard to live that out. So, how we view God is, is going to inform how we live. I think I read this quote once that, um, impacted me and it said we continually make God in our image rather than us being made in his and I think that's so true It's I know my limited understanding of God over the years, I, I've studied God for years at, at um, Bow College, that's what theology is study of God and that's shifted, you think I would Go. Oh, now I get it. But the more I've learned, I've shifted. So, if you had were talking to me twenty years ago or twenty five years ago, that view, I lived that out. And if seeing the Westboro Baptist Church people's view of God, is very, very tight, very extremely tight. So. This leaves a whole heap up for grabs as far as we're saying we're made in the image of God. The implications of how we do that will be a heap on our understanding of what that is. So, Sam, I've got some. Do you want to read? I'll move around the. Corner. I'll move around the circle if you like. So read this. This is, I think. Image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. God blessed them and said to them, "Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it." So that's a whole the scripture, but a few key things out of that that passage is: we're made in His image. Like all, all of humanity is made in the image of God, so there's something godlike about us and we're given sovereign rule over this planet, which is a pretty big thing. So, if we are to live like that, I've tried to pull out a few things today that make us different from the animals and the plants and things like that, Like that portray the image of God or part, that make us different. So, let me just move along, so. First thing is, we're spirit beings and have a soul. It's just a picture, mm-hmm. yeah. Spirit beings and have a soul. Unlike plants and animals, we have a soul that allows us to form personal relationship with our creator. So it's part of humanity to form relationships with others, but we can, ju- we can, we can make this. Um, form a personal relationship with Creator. Like the animals can form relationship with you but with their Creator and so that involves worship, adoration, praise and prayer and things like this. Like this is a separate thing. The only being is humanity that has that relationship with God. So we have this, Desire for relationship, and if you think about that a step further, that should play on with us to others. Now, it doesn't mean we need to form personal relationships with anyone else, Say with everyone, or else, <laughs> else they would be a really diminished relationship. You couldn't maintain that. But there must be something in our relationships that hold an aspect of the image of God or or how God wants us to relate to one another. There there should be something in that. Um, The second thing is choice. Each of us is capable of comparing options and making decisions or free choices on things like we have the option of weighing things up and we'll talk a bit more about that because it goes slightly further but an animal mainly acts on instinct or training, you think you can train a dog not to eat, don't eat that now and you wait for a certain, but that's a disciplined training whereas um, we make option, we weigh up options that will make a difference to our future, we have the capacity to, to choose right from wrong. So. The next one is sovereignty so we were given rule over the world sovereignty to subdue the earth to look after it and so we're responsible now to care for our world and which is why we did what we did last week as a community we all went off and um, picked up papers and found rubbish and climbed like zeta climbed under trees and um, I ended up with branches in my hair, um, but but we did that because we're told to care for a world, and this is a delegated responsibility to us. So we're capable of maintaining it or destroying it, or um, what's it? Global warming? Like we're responsible for what we do with the world and. It's been entrusted to us, and we're answerable for the conditions of that. So, if we are truly operating in the image of God, that should be of some consideration as to how we live. The next one, I've only got—I haven't got unlimited amount of these. So I've only got a few more to go, but. Um, Wisdom, unlike God, we have limited wisdom. God is unlimited in wisdom. We have limited wisdom. But only humanity among all God's creation possesses the ability to understand right from wrong and to choose to do right over wrong. We can reason through things. We can make intelligent choices and even put aside selfish motives, like we might want something but we sacrifice for, for the good of someone else. We have the wisdom to weigh things up and to be able to reason and choose to act a certain way. And Only on a good day. Sorry? Only on a good day. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, so, but that, that proves it that even more that on a bad day we're um, motivated by the selfishness. But on a good day we can put that aside for the good of others. And it's quite I think that's quite a a, a good thing to have. Um, we've got knowledge also. So I'll show you that picture. We're capable of learning, of acquiring knowledge, of gathering information and learning. So quantum physics and global communications, nuclear fission, all these great things. Incredible minds among us. Like sometimes my mind boggles when I sit and listen to some people. I just like I had coffee with um, Tom Edwards on Friday, and sometimes I look at him and go, "Yeah, he's talking about coming here." <laughs> so your mind can boggle as to the depth of of what he thinks. He's just. Some people have acquire so much incredible knowledge. For us, it might be philosophy or theology or things like that. We are aware of the consequences of our actions. so we we can work out if we do this, it will result in that. So like there's things like we, there's things that we can work out that might be good for our relationships. So for example, if I spend all the money, Mick might not be happy with me. So, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> he probably wouldn't care. <laughs> but, but there's things that we can do. We can work out the consequences of our actions. Like, this is going to have impact on the relationships around me. Yeah, well maybe some teenagers, yeah. But this is all in acquiring knowledge and and learning and we have the ability. There's another type of knowledge that only humanity possess and that is awareness of mortality. Like we know that there's an afterlife, we wonder what's going to happen. Like even Christians don't agree on what's going to happen, whether we're the new earth, heavens and the new earth and, you know, like there's just, but but there's an awareness of an afterlife and you'll see some people that say, no, we die and that's it. But people from every culture have this thing about mortality, that this is not all there is and there is an afterlife. We can reflect on our lives, look back at choices and decisions and the way we've lived our life, that reflection. Animals act on instinct, we're capable of looking beyond our current situation now and preparing for future, you know, like the the future or the afterlife and things like that. So another thing that we we possess as people made in the image of God is love and compassion. I believe that animals still are able to love someone like Nancy or dogs, they adore you and, and like you particularly, they do, they do love us but only man has the ability to love and worship God like, and to go out and carry out compassion for those that they don't know but like for those that they are not in relationship with Humanity is willing to sacrifice that. And the final one that I have put down here is, and there's probably more, these are just ones I've chosen, is morality. So we possess a conscience, so we're capable of determining our own destiny, but we keep ourselves in check because our conscience or our morality. We make moral choices, choices on what's right for us and what's good and what's right for society. We, we have the ability to do that. So there's a few things and I've put them all in one list and I'm going to ask you another question of which one stood out to you? So but I gave a, a quick description but I have not talked about it in any depth, or hardly in depth. So have a look here and see which one stood out to you, and maybe just talk in your group about this for a moment. Creation, like everything in creation, declares the glory of God. So, do they show us something about God? Yeah, maybe possibly, possibly, and. But they don't worship God to, like we choose to give praise, give worship. We confess, we lament, we, you know, do all these different forms of thanksgiving and praise and extol. And you know, like we have that capability to choose to do that. Yeah. So but I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure like His creation is a love of creation and there, there may be a, an awareness, it's just different, yeah, there's a different, different, yeah. Good. Okay, we'll move on, I <laughs> think everyone's so talkative. Which one did you do out for you? Some, like a few of them, like when I think about um, things like our ability to learn, to make choices, like just humanity and and I'm sort of going to move on to that, like well, because it sort of led me on. I I think that um, the double-sidedness, is that a word, of humanity, that we can just, like we're incredible in so many ways but so profoundly debauched in others that you know that I think coming to Christ because for me it was such a profound change like one day I was living totally for my own interests but like that that impact can change and so like I've lived the life in here from this way to this way and to see and going to prisons, I see probably the worst. And then you, you see the best in some people, like even people here in this room, some of the things that they do, like Mark and that, going off to Nepal, things like that. Like, like Chris and Feel like people just sacrificing themselves for, I think that, that um, and, and it's sort of tied up in lots of them, but that stands out to me. That's an yeah, discipline to, don't eat the food until I say, you know. Yeah, we get, we get <coughs> choices. But I wonder with, um, say, with my life as a kitchen, is that choice or is that like the dog or the habit that I need to train to break? Good question. Yeah you have the ability to learn choices, to learn to make choices. So, I'm not sure what happened for you at that exact time that the addiction was broken, but now you can choose like those, like when you chase that robber down the street that broke into your house, you could have um, punched her lights out, you could have, you, but you, cho- you choices are different. You choose to go and serve people, like um, you choose to go without, to serve us here, like that's, there's, there's so much you choose to do now, so maybe at one stage it might have been learning discipline and I think that's sort of part of it, but um, discipline probably helps you make better choices eventually. Well, I think that's why Yeah. Decision making processes, and so at the core of it all is that yeah. spectrum of the value system and the framework of thinking that we develop. Yeah. Then determines a lot of the others. It, do, look, it does, it wasn't until Sam asked which one that I realised they're so interconnected. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: That
0: was it? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> it was because of that. So, so, just moving on, but conversation might be better than um, just my notes, but so feel free to converse rather than me keep talking. But we're meant to be mirrors of God, like for those, those masons, like sounds like a jar, doesn't it? Those little kids, the, the little five or six-year-old kid that I met, that doesn't know... <laughs> 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 and for the adults that don't know who God is we're meant to be the mirror we're meant to be the example we made in his image and the purpose is to reflect him so so the question is if we are in God's image, why are we so, why is the world in such a crappy space? Yeah. Do, you, do you think God thinks sometimes that he should have just gotten erased from it? Well, chapter 6 of Genesis, it says he was sorry he made man and wanted to destroy it and sent a flood. And then again with Abraham, he was talking to him about Sodom and Gomorrah and he was talking about destroying it, like, I'm sure there's still times that he goes, like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is, yeah, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So, but I know that above all of that, he still trusts us to do, to to be his reflection. Like, he's still, with all that's gone on, he's still... um, entrusts his message to us and his care of the world to us like we're the ones so it's there's incredible paradoxes that we find like I think I use your picture here Beck. incredible pictures like we can just see so much darkness and so much light like we like We we just are so contradicted in how we can live. We really are. So we, we have caused such incredible misery in the world and yet have such capacity to achieve really great things, really amazing things. Like I think I talked to you a while back about reading the book The Sunflower and seeing what went on in the Holocaust and how does it get to that. You went to Pol Pot, to the killing fields there. Like, just seeing all that stuff, like how can that be? And yet, on the other hand, you know, like people giving up their lives, like my, my father giving up his life to save my brother. And, and I've, like, there was one not long ago in New South Wales, a guy, Saved a boy that was drowning. Like uh, he didn't know him. He just gave his life up and saved this boy, sixteen-year-old Muslim boy. He was a Christian man that was a father of the kids, some of the kids at Hillcrest. Like he, you have that. You have just these contradictions that we run into all the time. I think it's so incredible that we still can bear the mark of God on our lives even though it's probably blurred and it's probably you know a bit marred and scratched at times it's still it's still there and even with all that's gone on we're still there we still see it And so in our brokenness and in our broken state um, we still have this great incredible, uh, ability to relay who God is to others um, I was going to read the scripture but I'm not going to now just, I just it was a lot of scripture Samuel will be pleased but <laughs> it's it's the story about the woman <laughs> caught <laughs> caught in adultery and everyone was accusing her, like they thought that was a bad thing, what she did, they didn't realise what they were doing was a worse thing and I think that we have the capacity to do that, to pull out what you're doing so I don't have to really look at myself too much Mm -hmm. and so Jesus spent the time just drawing on the ground and um, he he tried to give her dignity. He, he he pointed the finger back at them and they left because they couldn't stand and accuse her any longer. And I think we do that so much. We pull out some things that we don't like. But I wonder whether we get that really messed up, our our measure of what's right and what's wrong. And I've said it a million times, it's one of my favourite things to say, is, um, (laughs) Mick's laughing at me, Mick's making it a million times, but Jesus only gets angry with the religious ones, never the poor old sinner on the street, like he's got compassion and wants to bring them in, but the religious ones, those who thought that they were better that's where we see him getting annoyed. And I think there's so much in that about how we should respond. And, look, it's sadly to say the church over generations has got this thing like we're the moral police and that was never the intent. That's not mirroring who God is. So, finding God actually rewrites... Your story, I think it it rewrites. Like I look back to my life, I look back to our life, and what what was there, and from one day to the next day, that story was rewritten, and that's just so incredible to me that 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 there is intrinsic worth in every single person that you can come across and that our role is to add dignity, like I think part of the Amargo Day, like Jesus, when you look at him like with the lepers, when you look at him with the tax collectors, when you look at him with the women in adultery or Samaritans, he just gave them dignity and invited them in, you know, that's, that's what he did. And I think that's, that's one of the great signs of be made in the image of God, is giving, (coughs) excuse me, giving other people dignity. And that's why we go to the prisons. Like, I think I told you the story and I'll tell you again. (laughs) But this year, last year, last year we went to the prison in Romania and that was so different from any other prison we'd been in. Like the other prisons we know and they're all run a certain way. But Romanian prison is second world prison and just, so in the morning um, we had about 25 guys and one of them tried to assassinate the president, that's why he was there and he, like he was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 but he was. He was dancing around with his painting, singing I'm Leonardo. He was funny. But in the afternoon, this is where I'm getting to, in the afternoon we had four teenage boys, four of them. And look, they must have been naughty because they wouldn't have been there. It was an adult prison. Been 18 or 19 because they were adult present, not, you know, juvenile. So, so, like they were awaiting sentencing at the time and I did a session with these guys and I said to them, I can come in here and look really good to you guys, like I can present myself well and I can, you know, have it all together, but for you guys, Your life while you're here is based on the worst thing you've ever done. And if you knew that about me, if you knew the worst thing I'd ever done, I would be humiliated and hate that. But for you guys, your whole being is defined by the worst thing you've ever done. And it could just be one bad day. It could be like, who knows what goes on. Like, I'm sure they were naughty boys, but... But at the end of that session, one, one of them stood up and for about 10 minutes he talked about, well, he just thanked us for coming over there and for being there and for um, talking to them. And the other guy, one of the other ones stood up and he he wasn't talking. And finally, I said to the psychologist, is he all right? And she said, he's trying to talk but he can't talk for the tears in his eyes and so i felt that day that we had done something there to see that that your life's not defined by the worst thing you've ever done and even now the capacity of god to look beyond that and see dignity in us i think i really believe that that's what his cause asked to do and that's why I like the prison work because from the moment those men step into prison their name is taken away, they're not referred to by the name they're called inmate 57219 or whatever the number is, <laughs> they're not all called that but they are stripped in front of people and then they search every time they move they get stripped again they make no choices, they get told when to go to bed, when to get up and every minute they're not allowed to choose their clothes, they wear the same jumpsuit every day. So every day dignity is stripped away and I, I think that's one of the really big things when we are wanting to um, say what the Imago Day is or how it works. It is seeing the dignity and value and worth in other people, even though it might not be at the um, first face value, it's looking beyond what we see and um, and bringing that, bringing dignity to people. Um, we, I, I was always told this, that God cannot be in the presence of sin and yet... Jesus came and lived right among it, probably in the worst of it. And he, like, I think that's where Jesus is present. He's, he's present in the mess and the muck. And not just with presence with us, like with our mess and our muck and the stuff that we think we can't get beyond. He's right there and he sees the value and the dignity and the worth in us, and I think that's really cool. So I want to finish off with this scripture. <laughs> we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to, be, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay. And so final question for you, just to, if you want to talk, you may not, but I'll put it up and then we'll... Get back to come back up. So, can you read that? Yeah, <laughs> <in the background. laughs> oh, would that be me? <laughs> how 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 can we appreciate the omago Day in others? The, how can we do that? What what do we do that we can value that in others? So I'll sit down. You can begin. Conversation and Beck might um, come up in a moment and pull that to.